Welcome to Black Girl Say Something, where this black girl has something to say. And this episode is called Protecting My Children, Protecting My Peace. And I was scrolling on Facebook and I saw a post that resonated with me so heavy that I did comment. I have to read this on my podcast. It says, somebody said to me, sometimes an absent parent is a blessing in disguise because the demons they carry can inflict more pain than their absence. And that changed my whole perspective for real, for real. That's the post. And so, you know, based on the title, you already know. Let me tell you, having children while going through this whole thing is interesting, I should say. It's interesting because I have to find a medium, an even balance between letting them know what's going on and not making a big deal about certain things. So, for example, uh, they do. I do keep them in the loop about when I have to go to court. And so a few months back, um, now we're in August, so let's go back to May, would have been one of the first times or second, maybe third time, I believe, I think third time, that I had to go to court. And this court date was for the restraining order. Um, the restraining order initially was put in place back in December of 2021. And so they give you the restraining order and then um, they set a court date. And then that court date is going to determine uh, if you get the restraining order extended. And so it did get extended from December to, I want to say, like February or March. And then around February or March, they decided to set it for trial and trial was in May. And so my kids knew like, hey, mommy got to go to court, which was virtual. And so we had I had court and their main thing was uh, hopefully they let us see daddy, but we don't want him to come back and live here. And, you know, that lets me know that there was something that they experienced with him here that they would rather not see him here in this home because from December to now it's been a long time where I've had to create or recreate consistency and stability um, because things had been things had been so hectic leading up to the restraining order coming into place Um, so when I did go to court they uh, ended up extending the restraining order for five years um, but also in the midst of me getting a restraining order He went and filed for divorce and he did ask for full custody of the children as well as for our the home where I pay all the bills to be sold and for me to pay his court fees. Um, Let's back up a little bit. The day I got served was a little bit before Christmas break and so I was about to drop the kids off to school and this person pulls up to the house and I thought it was maybe like a solicitor. So I typically don't like to pull off from my house while a car is parked, like, in my driveway. So I just waited, and then the person comes up to the car. They state my name. And he kind of didn't want to say too much because the children were in the car. Um, So I told him, uh, they know what's going on. So then he ended up reading me and serving me the paperwork. And he was like, I highly recommend that you get a lawyer. 
because if you don't respond within, I believe it was 10 days, then he would get everything that he was asking for. And the gentleman was very, very concerned and he was like very nice about it. So, you know, my children were kind of kept in the loop about what's going on. Um, in later episodes in this season, I will have my daughter on as a guest uh, because we were talking one day and I remember uh, going back to maybe November or October, uh, her dad and I had gotten into an argument that morning. We were getting, I was getting the kids ready for school. We had gotten into an argument and that was the day he decided he wanted to move out. And so this is in the midst of me getting them ready for school. And he was like packing up his shoes and packing up his clothes. And while he was outside at the car, my daughter says, uh, is daddy moving out? Are y'all getting a divorce? And I was like, yeah, I think I want to get a divorce. And she said about time. And that was back then. And so fast forward to now, I did have a conversation with her about that. And I'll let her share her answer. Um, when I do interview her because I was taken aback by her answer a little bit. Um, yeah, because we never really spoke about it. I just knew she was like in a place of relief. She had a sigh of relief when I told her, yeah, I'm divorcing your dad. But let's go back. 2020, my birthday is in October. And so October 2020, um, he had told me or I'm gonna say at the end of September 2020 he had told me that he was going to move out and he was looking for an apartment and he didn't want to do this anymore and he never really wanted to do this and it's too much for him and I was very understanding of it and I wanted to say that was the first time that I did get the taste of being able to handle I had already been able to handle things on my own without him around or with him around but this was the first or one of the many times where he left and I didn't make like a thing about it. I just kind of went on with my day. He was gone for maybe about two weeks or a week to two weeks. And, you know, the children didn't really ask about him. But I did tell him, hey, if this is going to be, because at this rate, he had left and come back a few times over the course of our relationship, over the course of our 12-year relationship. So... This was one of those times where I said, let's sit down and talk to the children about it. I had sent him an article about how to talk to children um, when parents are being or planning on separating. And we spoke with them about it. My daughter was, was sad and so was my son at the time. And, you know, it was like, I think that was eye-opening for them. Fast forward to present day to where it's more like, well they already had been having problems so you know and then they had witnessed some of the abuse the verbal abuse and things that take that had taken place leading up to the restraining order but this topic protecting my children protecting my peace I knew that I had to get the restraining order in order to go forward with getting a divorce because he had made living in the house so intolerable for everyone for me for the children it was intolerable and so legal advice uh, was, yes, uh, since these things had been happening, if you file for divorce and he stays, it's probably going to only get worse. And it was. It was, uh, it was escalating. It was very much escalating. So 
I made sure that my children weren't here when they had to serve him because I didn't want them to witness that. And even as they were serving him and telling him that what he has to do, there was no level of accountability. He was saying none of those things had happened. And if you listen to previous episodes, the, he just has no accountability in the matter. Um, my children, they have their own experience with their dad, and I leave that to being their experience. Protecting my children means um, having them in therapy because one of the major anxiety points for them right now is how is it going to be when we see him? Is he different? Has he changed? I hope he's not as angry anymore. I hope he is doing better. So because my children have voiced these things to me, those hopes that they have, I have those same hopes too because I don't wish him any ill. I don't wish him any malice for any of the things he's done to me. We just weren't a good fit. I'm mature enough to understand the part that I played in this in knowing that we weren't a good fit and I wanted to move past that. So here I am, you know, protecting them in such a way like even when it came time to let them know, hey, what happened at court? Of course, they don't know that the people gave the restraining order for five years. But what they did ask was, when will we be able to see daddy? And I did tell them that what the judge said, they said that he's the one who filed for divorce. So he's the one who has to file the paperwork in order to see you all. And my daughter said, he's never going to do that. And so, you know, I told her, I said, well, let's not think negatively. Let's try to think on the positive side. Hopefully he does, and he does it soon. But that was back in May. Here we are now in August, and there's still nothing. So, you know, I continue to keep them in therapy as I'm in therapy. Um, I don't speak ill of their dad. Um. Uh, going forward I always make sure to the same hopes that they have for him when they say do you think daddy is less angry yeah I think so I hope so but honestly you know the court did order us to communicate through this uh talking parents app it's a legal thing and you know they don't know about that because I don't want them to uh first of all they can't talk to him through it it's only for me and him to communicate but he has in a few ways violated um speaking with me through that uh he has said some things uh to the effect where he's still trying to manipulate me but i'm not easily manipulated anymore by him um so you know like back to school, I'm getting ready for back to school. And I told him it's been so busy, you know, we're getting ready for back to school. I don't really have time to every five minutes ask you how the when you ask me how the children are doing, they're doing the same they were doing, you know, last week and the week before. They're thriving. They're doing well. Our children are doing well. And he has this thing about how are my kids? How are my kids? Are I, they're our children. So, you know, I always say to him, our children are doing well. And they really are. I'm not even making things up. The consistency, you know, that I've been able to implement with them as far as they're doing chores now. They have set bedtimes. Uh, my daughter's thriving in gymnastics. My son is uh, thriving in his in the areas of his life. He's doing therapy. He's understanding boundaries and managing his emotions, 
because he did witness a lot of the anger. So I was having some issues with him with anger. But in order to protect my children, it meant removing the toxicity that he brought into the environment. Um, I've had, you know, countless times i mean even after the restraining order was initially put in place a child protective investigator came and she spoke with my children and it was just their due diligence because there's technically it's domestic violence and they had to speak with the children and i let them speak with my children by themselves and she was like they're well-adjusted children and she's like you're doing a good job mom and i just started to cry because i felt like i wasn't doing a good job because I had been manipulated to feel like I wasn't. And at that point, you know, she said, you're doing a good job. You made the right choice in, you know, what you have to do to protect your children. Because guess what? The abuse that was escalating with me, my children witnessed that. They witnessed a lot of things. And I didn't want that for them anymore. Even when they spoke with that lady, there was so much that I didn't know that they saw. As far as the arguments went, him punching a wall and breaking his hand and just a number of things. And, you know, as a mother, we want to do what's best for your children, right? But to do what's best for your children means doing what's best for you first. They're going to reap the benefit. They're going to reap the benefit of a mother who's socially and emotionally and spiritually healthy mentally healthy they're going to reap the benefit so i did what was best for me and protecting my peace meant that i could protect my children's peace and i look forward to the day that they can see their dad and he be this person that they have imagined you know that he's using this time away from them to be better to acknowledge what he could have done better and be better for them, for them. Because something my therapist said is that children need two emotionally healthy parents who can work together for the benefit of the children. That's it. That's it. It's just that simple. So I will continue to protect my peace which is ultimately going to protect my children's peace. Yeah, so now that we have this newfound space for peace and, you know, just a quick definition, peace is nothing more than freedom from disturbing tranquility. You know, uh, listening to previous episodes, I discussed how I would put the kids to bed at a certain time. And here he comes, you know, busting in the room or knocking on the door and waking them up. And so they were very much always in flight mode, as I was too. I spent many a nights not being able to sleep. And I want to say it wasn't until he wasn't in the home for maybe about four months. Is Four months later is where I finally got the first night rest, fully slept, you know, slept. Because I was such in flight mode. Um... Yeah, so I will always maintain, I want to maintain that level of peace. The way things are right now is, 
you know, having that no contact order in place, it allows me to keep the peace, keep the peace for my children. And I just want to be able to be this mom that I know that I could be for them. I feel like so much time while I was in that in the relationship with him, I was always having to be on the side of what I thought was compromise, but it wasn't really compromise. I was just in a vulnerable state. I was being compromised, as I discussed in previous episodes. But yeah, I was never able to... There's such a disturbance that happens when parents can't come and meet in the middle for the greater good of the children, you know, um... And so a lot of times I would just watch things go haywire. I'm also very much a proactive person while he's a reactive person. So he doesn't think of a solution until after things have gotten out of control. Whereas I tend to think of A, B, and C before it happens. And so I also realized that children, and this might not go for all children, but seeing my children as who they are now and who they were seven months ago, They thrive in consistency. They thrive when things are consistent. When life is consistent, they thrive. There is a way to make sure that everything that they need, everything that they want happens, but there has to be consistency. And so I remember a time when life was so inconsistent. I'll use my daughter, for example. Uh, this past gymnastic season was her second time doing a level that she did, uh, did a year before. And that was only because last year when I had hernia surgery, I depended on him so much so to take her to practice and he wasn't. He would drop the ball every time. I remember finally getting well and going up to gymnastics to discuss with them payment. And they were like, oh, for the whole 30 days, Uh, We're just going to prorate you and have you pay for two days because she never came. And here I am wondering, why is she not winning when we go to these? We traveled all the way to Wisconsin, and it's not something she likes to talk about. But last year we went to Wisconsin, and my baby won absolutely nothing. Ticket, plane, couple planes actually, to get to Wisconsin and a long ride, and we won nothing. And, you know, this season... She kicked butt because guess what? Mama made sure she showed up to practice every day. Consistent. Consistent. And she kicked butt at every meet she went to. And she felt good. And I know that gave her a boost of of confidence. Her self-esteem boosted. You know. And so... Even with my son being consistent, teaching him those boundaries, because I found that he started to uh, acquire some of the character traits of his dad, where it was the lack of boundaries and, you know, not so much not listening like normal kid stuff, but really just crossing the boundary of, you know, not giving that personal space, not taking no for an answer. You know, and so working through that in therapy consistently, he's in a better place now where I can tell him, hey, mommy needs a little space and him give me that space and me respect the space when he asks for it, too. 
So, yeah, I would just want for them, for me and them to continue to grow. But I, my hope is that he's growing, too, that he's using his time as self-reflection. You know, my therapist asked, do you think the work is being done? It's not for me to judge. I don't know. Only time will tell. Only that moment, those pivotal moments that we have in life. And, you know, one of my children's pivotal moments is going to be the moment when they see their dad. Come on, man. It got to be good. Like, let's be honest. Are you really going to use that moment to badger them and ask them questions about what mom is doing and how I'm treating them? Or are you going to use that pivotal moment to make it the time to let them know how much you miss them and you love them and just wholeheartedly apologize and get better and do better? Or are you going to continue to blame me, you know? for your course of action because I've already blamed myself and I've forgiven myself and I've moved past it and I've made peace with me because man let me tell you something when you're in a situation for so long and you don't know how to get out and you finally get out you start to feel a little bit of guilt I had to work through that I felt like was that the right decision while I'm getting beat down and hurt and you know verbally abused and vulnerable I'm wondering did I make the right decision for me like come on now like yeah I did and making the right decision for me meant that my black girl and my black boy they're gonna reap that benefit so if something was said on this episode that resonated with you I encourage you to share it with at least one person remember black girls say something airs Every Friday, a new episode at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can tune in on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Anchor FM. And also, you can hit the link to subscribe. And your subscription does assist with production of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in.